Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll close the door. Let's make sure it's loud enough. Thank you, Mr. Nevis. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in my office. Alright, I got a question for you. How are you like um, at our age? Like, how do you act like? What do you like to do? You were like 13, 12. Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, middle school was an interesting experience for me. Uh, my middle school is only 7th and 8th grade, so we didn't have like the 6th graders in the school like they are now, where you have that little still elementary, like a lot of younger kids kind of around. Yeah. Um, so with 7th and 8th grade being in there, we intermingled a lot, which was very cool. But for me, I was, believe it or not, the like almost not so much shy guy out of my group of friends. <laughs> But like not I was not now. like the extrovert that I am now. That kind of happened over time. The more and more I got comfortable, you know, finding my own voice and being around, you know, just socializing with people, uh, it, it, that grew over time. Um, I was really just like, you know, the go-to guy. Like if you needed, you know, if you want to go play basketball at the park or you want to get together after school and do something, I was always kind of like down for whatever because I just – I didn't like being outside. I had a lot of energy. I didn't like to be cooped up. So getting to after school was like a big thing for me because I would sign up for like all the clubs and just try and do as much as possible. In school, I just, I couldn't sit still really. I I was always having to like get up and bounce around. Eighth grade was a big year for me because that's when I started to come out of my shell. Seventh grade, it was like a new school, Mm kind of like the feeling like when you just like like the same feeling you get into Mm -hmm. a new environment. So uh, my eighth grade year, I really kind of came out of my own, and, and that kind of helped me make the transition to my ninth grade year, where I started to build those social skills, starting to feel more confident in myself, again, like, finding your voice, and it, it became a lot smoother of a transition than I thought, but, yeah, definitely a lot of energy, um, but not at first. It took me a while to kind of get there. So yeah. it was a process. Yeah, it was. It was for sure. Nice. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. In Mercer really? County. So oh, yep, yep. Wow. I was, yes, I was, born, cool. I was born. I was born in Jersey City. I moved down to Lawrenceville area when I was very young. Um, my uh, father's parents were from that area, so that's mm-hmm. why we moved there. Uh, I went through all my schooling in Lawrenceville, K to twelve. Uh, nice small community. Not a you know not no city feel. Not mm-hmm. very rural. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a middle class community. And uh, the kids that I grew up with from, you know, from first grade on were kids that I went to school with all the way through. And still to this day, I'm lucky enough to say that I have five or six really good friends that I've known since I was, you know, we say since the sandbox. We've known each other that long. And it's, it's weird because the older you get, you start to have more conversations with like other adults. And you're mm-hmm. like, man, you still talk to people from high school. I was like, I still talk to people from like elementary school. And but it's. It's just we have a really good connection. We're all, all our families and all are kind of spread out all over. But, you know, once or twice a year, we still kind of get together, which is cool. But uh, Lawrenceville was, was a nice place to grow up, like really diverse community, mm-hmm. which was cool. Yep. Um, getting to know different people from different backgrounds was really important for my parents uh, to get us exposed to that. So, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated my upbringing there. Um, have you always wanted to be like a teacher or how do you want to be like something else? How did it first start? I go back to talking about middle school again. That's why I really enjoy middle school. A lot of my friends work in the corporate world where they work Mm -hmm. with finance companies and business, lawyers, all that. And they're like, their mind is blown when they, when we talk about how I work in a school, especially in a middle school, (laughs) because, and I'm the only teacher out of all my friends that I grew up with. And it's crazy because in middle school is actually when I said I want to be a phys ed teacher. When I was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, Mr. Williams. He was my health and phys ed teacher. And he was just one of those guys that kind of shot you straight, didn't beat around the bush, 
Uh, treat everybody equally, no matter where you're from, how much money your family had, what your background was. He just kind of gave you the real, and I appreciate that about him. And he was probably the biggest influence to me in wanting to become a health and physical education teacher. So most kids, when they're in middle school, they're not thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You go to high school, you're still trying to figure it out what I want to yeah. do. I was looking at colleges for like physical education programs and I was like a sophomore, freshman or a sophomore. I was just like that type of kid. Once I had it in my head, that's what I wanted to you do. Went I knew this. For it, yeah. That was it. Tell my sister. So, um, so Mr. Williams was definitely somebody I look back at. And that's why like I appreciate being here because I'm in an environment in middle school where I made the decision of what I want to do the rest of my life. So it was, uh, it's funny that I'm teaching that now mm -hmm. because that's where my biggest influence came from. Mm -hmm. So like you went through with your dream. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm exact. I'm doing exactly what I want to do when I was in eighth grade. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a phys ed teacher. I want to coach, which I do at the high school now, and uh, that's that's pretty much where I want to be. And now I'm trying to evolve that. You know, now I'm still going. I'm going back to school now to get more credentials and mm -hmm. become more educated in a lot of different ways and see where that takes me from here on out. Nice. Okay, so in our school, you're like you have a name, the Dean of Fun. So. Is it important to you? Like, is it an important factor in your life? It's it's an important uh, part of me mm -hmm. because uh, this the dean of fun thing all started as like really like a joke when Mr. Doherty became the dean of students. I have a really good relationship with Mr. Doherty. He's a mentor to me. I look up to him in a lot of ways, and um, just you know he's been here a long time. He's done a lot of great things for kids and for the school community. And so it was really a playoff of him being the dean of students and me kind of doing the stuff that I do around school, whether it's like the staff video or the flash mobs or getting involved with extracurricular activities. So I kind of like self-named myself the dean of fun as like a playoff and it just kind of went uh, and it just started to catch. And the more you kind of talk about it, the more people become like, oh, he's the dean of fun. And then when the sixth graders come in, they're like, wow, you're the dean of fun. And then next thing you know, it just becomes a thing. So I, I do take it. Um, I don't take it serious because I don't feel like it needs to be serious. I just take it with a grain of salt. I think it's a fun thing. It's a fun title. Uh, I do have an assistant. The assistant to the dean of fun is Miss Sims. She is my yep. partner in fun. And uh, I, I'm very, I'm very appreciative that I have someone that likes to indulge in those yeah. fun activities those the, with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people around the building, not just her or me. It's there's a lot of great teachers in the building that that buy into doing the stuff. Mr. Botino's one where he does the videos yeah, the for, for her yeah, stuff. Mr. Getting, I mean, the fact that he has Mr. Morgan doing that yeah. with him yeah. is hilarious. So I think that uh, there's a lot of great teachers in the school that exhibit those types of behavior like that want to have a good time and want to have fun and it's just great to bring it out of everybody and i think that's like my favorite thing to do at the end of the year is a staff video because you guys get to see us in a different light you get to see mm -hmm. us just having a good time letting loose and just kind of providing you know a gift for you that's really what the staff video is about it's a gift to the kids at the end of every year you know that you guys can poke fun make fun of make comments whatever the case may be comments, but definitely comments. but it's uh <laughs> but it's it's fun I, I really enjoy the fact that uh people have bought into the idea of of the dean of fun all right so if you could give your middle school self one word of advice what would you tell her? Man, um, I probably, the one thing that credo that I, that I go by to this day uh, is staying true to yourself. Yeah, no, um, no. That's a big thing. And I got that from a famous basketball coach, John Wooden, who coached at UCLA for many, many years. And he wrote this book uh, that talked about just like keys to success, the pyramid of success that he talked about. And one of his things is called staying true to yourself. And uh, another one that I really appreciate is uh, make every day your, master, your own masterpiece. Um, but stay true to yourself is definitely advice that I would give to my middle school self. 
I was never like the leader. I was always just like one of the guys in the group. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't really start to understand what it was to be a leader until I got older. Maybe mm-hmm. when I got out of high school, into college, and into my you know young adulthood. Um, and I realized how important it is to be a leader and how much responsibility it comes with being one. Uh, but that was something that I struggled with, especially as a seventh grader, is trying to figure out where I fit. And again, going back, finding your voice. And, and, and whenever people talk to me about crossroads, I kind of describe it in this different little, you know, kind of pyramid, if you will. Sixth grade, kids come in. You can tell them no to run idea. around in a circle Just, for a half yeah. hour and they yeah. will laugh and smile and love it. Mm-hmm. Eighth graders, one foot in the high school door, a little too cool for school. They're ready to be out of here. Mm-hmm. Seventh graders is a very unique age because, and it's funny, I always say it, it's like the crossroads of your life. You're mm-hmm. trying to figure out which way you're going to go. And yes, it's an early age to try and figure that out. And it won't fully determine because you change and you evolve over time. But seventh grade, I feel like, is the most impressionable grade. Yeah, you're because growing up you're, you're yeah. grown up and you're kind of like in the middle. You know, yeah. you're in the middle between of the middle school. Between elementary and high school. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're, you're in between are. two different mentalities. Yeah. You know, yeah. the way that people perceive things. And so um, I like that group a lot. It's challenging. It was the most challenging time for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. So if I could go back, it would definitely be just stay true to yourself. And, uh, you know, people try and change for a lot of different reasons. They change because their friends want them to change, yeah. their parents, yeah. or they want you to be, be somebody that you're not. But the toughest thing to do, but the most rewarding thing is, is yeah. being, who you, being who you are. It's the best and outcome, if, and if, too. Yeah, and if people don't buy into who you are, if they don't believe then in who you are, not your then they're, they're, they're not, not the right people for you. Definitely. You know, and that's, tough. that's a tough thing to realize when you're a teenager. Because you're so impressionable. Because you're worried about, especially now. I mean, we didn't have social media when I was growing up, so like, yeah. you didn't it's have outlets. It's worse. Yeah, like, but it's worse. You didn't try to impress people. No one so you knew. have to be true to yourself now. And out you of had all to times. talk to people. If you had an issue with somebody, you had to talk to that person. You couldn't text them or send them an email or snap them or anything like that. You had to talk to them. So that is one part of my generation that I appreciate. Is that how, that's really how we did things. You did things on a more personable level, and I hope that. Kids start to realize the power in that, you know, through this social media and technology age. Yeah. Okay. Now this is our last question. Do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents. Yes. yes. Uh, well, one of the things that that's I don't know if it's a talent, but I am right-handed in everything that I do. Everything. In everything. sports. In oh. sports. Everything else in life, I do with left. my left hand. Yeah. So, you know, Same. so I'm I right write with left. my left. So I'm I write lefty. I eat with my left. Yeah. Shave, brush my teeth, play pool, pink anything. Except sports. Except sports. That's, that's So I'm ambidextrous in a lot of different things. Like one of my hidden talents, I guess, that I just developed recently is I learned how to throw with both hands. I, I coach baseball. So one I, of the biggest things that. that I want to do is I had a lot of issues with my shoulder, on my right shoulder, which is my dominant arm. Mm-hmm. And so to prepare, because I was going to have surgery, I said, I'm going to teach myself how to throw lefty. And so now I can throw with both hands. So you're dominant in which both. Which is I'm um, dominant in both. I'm probably a little stronger with my right than I am with my left, but you know that's pretty much what it is. Looking for two students, Emily Grevnik and Michael. Sorry. So that would I get. That's what I think would be uh, my hidden talent: being able to adapt and be ambidextrous in a lot of different things. That's, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Honestly, cool. I I can't. It'll change for me. Like, I'm a lefty, like, for writing and stuff, but everything else will just change. Like, oh, you'll find me eating with my left hand, and another day you'll find me eating with my right. It's just messed I'm up. purely right-handed. Play sports, write, everything with my right hand. Yeah, I think um, I think I developed, I think I was a lefty initially, 
in a lot of different things. But growing up, I used you know, doing a lot of things with my dad, whether it be playing baseball or basketball, he was a righty. Yeah. So I think eventually what happened was I just started to mimic him. Develop, yeah. And I just saw like, that's the way you're supposed to do it. So that's yeah, when I just so started did what picking he did. it up. Yeah. yeah. And then over time, you just start to realize, I oh, mean, I can do a little bit more with the other hand than I can. But yeah. Okay. That's one of my hidden right. talents. Well, thank you. Awesome. Did you pause it? Yeah. <laughs>